Welcome to the Spiritual Executive Podcast with Sajal Shah, here to help conscious creators thrive in the world of work. They find their bliss by allowing the best of themselves to shine. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how powerful can one word be? For the last 10 years and more, I've been working with a single word for the year. It's been like a guiding tool for my own growth. And over those years, I've seen many more people following the same practice. It's quite widespread. It's an incredibly helpful way to focus your own growth. Traditionally, people might be inspired to do a sentence-long affirmation, something to grow into. The problem with that is that it kind of takes you more into your thinking mind and it lacks the simplicity that one word can bring. Simplicity is such a powerful element to any practice. The simpler something is, the more likely you are to commit to it, the more likely you are to honour it in a very profound way. With this word for the year practice, you can start in January. I actually these days start on my birthday, because for me, that's a very powerful time to be reflecting on how I want to grow in the year ahead. So that's to say that there's no wrong time to start. And I've purposely recorded this podcast in February to address something that I've noticed. In January, people are often very much committed to a new practice. Come February, they might be running out of steam. So in this podcast, I want to address how you can get more out of this approach and to address the fundamental idea of what can the spiritual executive get from this? Because there is a difference here. When it comes to working with a single word, I've come across people who choose well-intentioned words like fortitude or endeavor or motivation. And these all sound helpful and useful. However, they miss, for me, an ingredient component. They miss a way to relax and be more at ease with whatever your belief system is. So if you're using your word for the year as a crutch or coping tool, then I would suggest there's some deeper healing required here. And tending to whatever wound is showing up that's inviting you to hold that word as a shield that would serve from being tended to equally a word for the year is not a doing word let's come back to the example of motivation it sounds like a good idea to do more but the spiritual executive knows that it's not merely by doing, but actually firstly, by getting their head and their heart straight, that they achieve results that others would dream of. So have a look at your word. Is it there as a crutch? Or is it there to get you to do more? If it's either of those, I'd invite you to find a word 
that honors who you are more fully and honors the essence of you being a person who has every right to grow and not to have to fend off whatever it is that is harming you or hurting you. So back to the question, how powerful can one word be? The other problem I see coming up with word for the year is that often people get caught up in a lot of mental activity. There's a lot of thinking about what they could do, what they've done wrong, a lot of analysing of situations. And that does have its benefit. But put simply, the art of analysis when it comes to your own self-development is going to give you limited experiences of growth. If you want to grow with your word, then I'd invite you to look at what emotions it provokes in you, what situations come up where you don't feel able to honour that word and to do it justice as you would like to. That emotional connection, that is where all the juice of your word sits and lies, and that is where you can leverage it so powerfully. So here's what I do with my word for the year when I first start. Initially, I really feel like I am not getting this word. I have no real connection with it. It feels alien. Back in 2019, I decided to have the word have as my word for the year. Now, coming from a place, being quite honestly, of feeling like I didn't have much for all kinds of reasons growing up. And that was part of my programming for me to just take stock of what I do have. That was a challenge. My mental programming far too readily went to, well, I don't have that. And look at what that other person has got that I don't have. So what I did was I started with a routine of three times a day, I'd touch base with this word have, and I'd look at reminding myself of all that I do have. Mealtimes are a really good place in which to tie this in because hopefully you'll have three meals a day. So you can kind of slot it in to that time when you really aren't doing much else with your mouth but chewing. So that's one place to start. So after a few weeks of have and chewing with my food, chewing on that word, it became quite natural to think about have. And I would come across other thoughts and ideas over the day where I'd go and reflect on what I felt around have and what I was having and not having. Remember, this isn't a process that gets done in January. This is a process that you grow into over the course of 12 months. Secondly, whenever I encounter emotional resistance, I choose to melt it away. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to fight myself by trying to smooth over whatever the problem is. I want to be free. Now, that is an inherent part of my identity, that need to feel free. So, for example, in 2012, my word for the year was presence. As a bit of context, let me explain. I grew up having to be strategic and to plan for a lack of resources and all kinds of support. That was my way of coping. That was my way of 
making sure I had what I need to in terms of resources. So to be present in the moment meant that I had to let go of the perpetual planning my brain was engaged in. Now, I did it to such a fine degree of control, I suppose, that it was it was really hard. And so I was very kind to myself. Whenever I found myself encountering that resistance, I would stop. And EFT is my favorite tool. I would sit and do five minutes of tapping, whatever it was. I would seek to get it to zero. If I could only make part progress, I'd jot down where I'd got to and return to it. Nine years on, what is such a vital, vibrant part of my being is this sense of presence. I have strangers, complete strangers, who comment and say, within five to ten minutes of being in company with me, they notice the calmness that I carry. Now, that is the gift of presence. My brain doesn't feel the need to scurry off in 10 different directions to multitask in my thinking in order to figure out solutions to 10 different situations. My phone, one of my favorite compliments is I was giving a presentation at a Chamber of Commerce meeting and someone in the audience commented to the group afterwards how they could have sat and listened to me talk and fall asleep at night. They wanted a recording of my voice almost. That was the tongue-in-cheek comment. That calmness of voice, that comes from working with this word presence for a whole year. It changed me magnificently. So then the third approach, once you've gotten used to melting emotional resistance away, the third thing I'd suggest you do is rinse and repeat. You want to play with this word as if it's like a second skin. For me, it's a bit like carrying a touchstone. And whenever your hand goes in your pocket, you feel it and it reminds you. It makes you think, this is what I want to bring into my day somehow or another. The power of this is it's such a valuable form of neural rewiring. You are rewriting the way your brain thinks. In the 10 years plus I've been doing this, my whole way of approaching things, my bearing, my attitude, my mindset, they have changed so deeply. I sometimes wonder if people who knew me from 20, 30 years ago would even recognize the person that I am. And I credit it to working with a a single word for the year. So when I think of being more present. It's very easy these days for me just to sit and listen intently to whatever is showing up. And with I have, I am so able to count my blessings of what is with me. And that in itself is incredibly valuable because that becomes the foundation for having more of what I want. So from being hypercritical of myself and being very judgmental, it's allowed a whole new side to me of honouring the goodness that is present here and allowing me to experience more of that. That's really the gift of this. 
So if I was to take this to the ultimate conclusion, what is the ultimate benefit of doing this practice? Just a focus with one word, maybe a short phrase for the year. And it's the expansion of the emotional energy it leads to. Ultimately, it's taken me into a deeper connection with my spiritual beliefs. That could be a connection with source, with God, the divine feminine, whatever your belief system is, whatever your faith is, it can fit in so neatly with any spiritual practice. I truly enjoy this practice. It's become a vibrant part of my year and I look forward to the journey with it. It's such a playful, fun experience and I love how much it helps me grow in wondrous ways. I hope you'll give it a go and I hope you enjoy some of the strategies I've shared. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. You can sign up for notification of new ones on the right hand side of this page and I look forward to sharing more of my ideas with you another time. Thank you.